Hello everyone, welcome to Kill the Cast. My name is Jerry and joining me as always is the ever quotable Jay. But Satan rules the universe. I made a pact with him. That came off a little, uh, little, uh, fedora-like. You know what I'm saying? Like, a little, uh, tipping intensifies. Uh, Listen, I can never, ever, 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 ever hope to match the acting amazingness that is Vincent Price. You know, not many can. Uh, speaking of people that can, the Silent Hill biker himself, Kenneth. What? I, I, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying to find what tobacco I'm going to smoke. Uh, nothing. I was just introducing you. It's not important. I didn't compliment you at all. I uh, appreciate that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I did, but, you know, you didn't appreciate it properly. So, uh, speaking of which, Jay, how you been doing? Uh, work is crazy because we had to fire people and now we're super short staffed while also launching a new division of our business. So that's fun. Ball and been doing anything interesting? Um, no, not that I can think of. Fascinating. No, just work. I mean, I did the 31 days of horror, but, uh, that's been all posted to our page and, and in the group and stuff. So if you can check out my tiny little mini text reviews, uh, if they want to go back through the October post, there's a couple a day. Um, I've been trying to see Dr. Sleep. I was telling you that story before we started to record. That uh, something has come up every time I've bought a ticket for it. Sorry, uh, Jay. No, 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 no. You're just one of many things. Uh, <laughs> oh, but, so uh, I'm not important. I'm just one of many things. God <laughs> damn it, man. But, um, it's like but getting yeah, a camera up my ass is not important. We're done with this, so that'll be good. Well... Kenneth, I'd ask you what you have been doing, but you are unimportant, so we can move on. I'm just kidding, Kenneth. What you been up to? Um, not really a whole lot. I've been hiking, doing some of that. Um, you know, just hanging out mostly. Uh, you know, prepping to get a camera in my ass in the morning. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, we get it. You really like porn. <laughs> I wish it. I wish it was enjoyable. My doctor did not even fucking offer. Not even offered. Not even nothing to even buy me a beer. You know what I'm saying? Didn't offer to fucking nibble on my neck a little bit. Nothing. To be fair, you're paying him for the experience? Exactly. So I should at least get the nibble on the neck or the beer. Well, why should he buy you a beer if you're paying him? Because he's using my money to buy me my own beer. I guess that's true. That's an extra service fee. Mm -hmm. Uh, No, no, but seriously, you know, fucking uh, trying to get all this shit with my guts figured out, man. You can relate. Yes, I be all up in those guts mm-hmm. on a regular basis. Um, what have you been up to, Jerry? I have been making YouTube videos, writing yeah, scripts, making videos. I've uh, what have I done since our last recording? I did a review of the show of Godzilla Criterion set, so that sucked. Um, I did a video on the horror community and physical media. I did How Dawn of the Dead created a new franchise in Italy, and I did Cannibal, or the most disturbing art film, or disturbing true crime art film you haven't seen. And uh, the same day that this is posting, I will be doing another, I'll have a video out today, which is, what am I doing today? Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, Protest, and Pulled. 
And then coming up, we'll have a video on snuff films in horror film history. And Jason, is he yeah, a dead Yeah, I can't wait for that one. Mm-hmm. Is Jason Voorhees a deadite? That will be interesting to see my well-researched opinion without any bias towards that garbage movie, Jason Goes to Hell. Um, I got a question about that particular thing, and if we need to bring up that after we finish recording, that's fine. Uh, what's your question, and I'll, I'll let you know. Well, I mean, all right, if you... It, Let's say that just for the sake of argument that Jason does exist, same universe, you know, because we got the car because we got the comics. So you got Jason in the same universe as Ash and the Deadites and everything else. What if Jason is not a Deadite, but he's a higher ranking, uh, uh, I guess, for lack of a better term, a higher ranking officer in the legions? Uh, he is not, because if we use the one instances where we can guarantee the two franchises are together with the comic books. He is, um, while cre- possibly resurrected and created from the Necronomicon, he is actually more just used as a pawn in Freddy Krueger getting the Necronomicon. Oh, okay, cool. So yeah, I haven't read the comics, so I don't know anything about it. Yeah, so but I'll go. I, I don't go like super deep in, into like what the comics are about, but I do. Uh, bring up the comics and how that could affect the question of Jason being a Deadite and what information we have in the comic books that could go pro or con. How many comics are in that run? Uh, Six issues, I believe. I could be wrong, but I believe it was six issues. I guess I need to go ahead and get my hands on them. Yeah, so that's what I've been doing, making YouTube videos and not functioning as a human being, which is always fun. Yeah. Um. So tonight we continue our Vincent Price double feature with a the mask. Later. A month <laughs> later, with the Mask of the Red Death, directed by Roger Corman, starring Vincent Price. Wait, really? Yeah, it's directed by Roger Corman. It's one of his Poe films. Huh. He made a lot of Poe films with Vincent Price. Did not know that. He's actually well, yeah, a very but his stuff is like usually super cheesy. Uh, yeah, because he mostly makes B pictures, but he uh, he actually is a very talented director who knows what he's doing. He just tends to live in the world of the B films, so it kind of works. What a fun out. revelation! Yeah, if you've never listened to interviews with him, he's extremely intelligent. I'll have to look that up afterwards. Uh, yeah, he just enjoys doing the B movies. Yeah, there is a a document. <clears throat> Wow, that was Sorry. something. Uh, there's a documentary called uh, Corman's World that's very good that goes into Roger Corman uh, and like all the people whose careers he's launched. Uh, but yeah, starring Vincent Price, Hazel Court, and Jane Asher, a European prince terrorizes the local peasantry while using his castle as a refuge against the Red Death Plague that stalks the land. Uh, came out in 1964, runs for an hour and 29 minutes, and has a very respectable 7.0 on the IMDb. So suck it, nerds. Mm-hmm. That is the movie. Okay, so uh, is this a first-time watch for anybody? Me. Me. Both of you, first-time watches. All right. This is the, I don't know, 
27th time I've watched this movie. If I had to guess on the exact amount. I love this movie. I've watched it a lot. Uh, it is one of my favorite movies that deals with Satanism in horror movies. So yeah, we, I thought I'd seen it before, but uh, when I was watching it, I was just like, hmm, I've never seen this. Wow. So our characters are Prince Prospero, which is our Satanist, and he owns the castle, and he's paid by Vincent Price. We have his mistress, Juliana, who is played by uh, Hazel Court. We've got Francesca, who is the peasant girl, who is played by uh, Jane Asher. Then we also have her lover, Gino, her father, Ludovico. We have Alfredo, who is a friend of Pospero. We have Hot Toad the Jester and Esmeralda the Tiny Dancer, plus a handful of other people like Scarlatti, who does not matter. So this film opens up very beautifully uh, with an old person walking, picking up uh, sticks, and we get to see this shot through dead trees, which is a common trope that Price likes to use. As with his filming, he likes to create a sense of 3D. So you'll see that uh, with this. You'll also see it later as people go through the multicolored hallway. He likes to film in a way that kind of gives it a depth. So she passes a red-hooded man sitting by a tree. He calls her grandmother, pulls out a white flower, turns it red, and tells her to take it to the village and tell them the day of their deliverance is at hand. After this, we have Prince Prospero showing up in the village and almost running over a baby. Gotta have population oh, yeah, control. Yeah, he did. Uh, Gino saves the baby, and the Gino gives him shit for starving them. And uh, when he tells them that a feast is happening, Gino tells them, oh, so you can throw us scraps like a dog. One of the many references to animals we will have in this film, and humans being animals. This disrespectful motherfucker named Gino gets put in his place when uh, Prospero locks up him and uh, Francesca's father, Ludovico, and Francesca begs for mercy. So, uh, if you were Prince Prospero at this point, what would you do? Of course, you would say, hey, Francesca, pick one to die because I'm a dick. Now, let's go into this. Uh, I really enjoyed that. You have a choice of killing your lover or your parent. What uh, gun to your head? Uh, if you don't choose, all three of you die. But that's not an option. You have to pick. Who are you killing? Parent. Uh, parent. Parent. Why are you killing parents? They've lived long enough. They're old. Pretty much. Trying to take care to of happy. the... I would kill the parent to take care of the boomer population. I yeah, am but my mom's my one part. of the good ones. <laughs> I, am, I am doing my part. Actually, technically, my parents are not boomers. But still. Kenneth, what about you? Lover or parent? Lover dies. Lover dies. Okay. Uh, not to get too personal, but is this because you've are like you've went through the death of your father, so like you wouldn't want to go through the death of your mother? Uh, that's part of it, but you also only have. Uh, uh, granted, you know we're talking about people who have parents that are actually worth a shit because there are people out there that don't. But my parents were actually fairly awesome when I was growing up. I love my fucking parents, and those are the only ones I have. You know, uh, the other comes and goes throughout hmm. life. 
So the possibility, you got to look at the likelihood here. You got to look at the likelihood that during this time period, more than likely, Francesca and dude would probably lived out their days forever. But in today's world, if you're given that option, think about it. You've only got one set of parents that damn, you know, spouses, whatever else, the possibility of them coming and going, you got a 50, 50 chance. You're not going to have any more parents. That's true, but I I don't know. There's a lot with that because you have to kind of go in. How long have you been with your lover? Do you have children? Um, like, there's a lot of things that I think could push either answer as the correct one. So I think it would have to come down to like particular circumstances. Right, and so that's 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 the reason why I look at it that way. Fair enough. Now, if uh, Francesca begs you for mercy about killing them both. Would you be the dick and be like, okay, pick one to die? Would you do that to her, Kenneth? <sighs> Keep in mind, you worship Satan. I don't know. I honestly don't know because then you're you're putting me in a position where I'm having to think about my own personality versus Prospero's personality. If I if I was him, then obviously it fits perfect for his type of personality. But for my type of personality, probably not because I don't believe in useless killing without a reason. There is a reason if your dog bites you after you feed and caress them. Yeah, but see, that's another one of those situations where you're looking at everything around. And when I was watching this scene, I was looking at the, I was looking at it, and I was just like, well, I was like, technically, that's not one of those things, you know. There's a big difference between them, you know. Uh, you got people that you quote unquote take care of, which I don't, I don't particularly believe that Prospero takes care of his people worth a shit, but damn you got that aspect of it versus you know having a ruler that actually does take care of his people now if the ruler actually does take care of his people and so on and so forth and then they rally up against him when he does take care of them then that's a different story but when you got in a situation like this where you've got a shitty ruler and his people are just trying to survive and they do what they have to against his wishes or against his rules then that becomes an entirely different narrative also, it seems your pride is not big enough for you to consider barking, biting. Right. What about you, Jay? Are you uh, uh, forcing uh, them? If I was a ruler, I'd be a, I'd be a fair a fair ruler. I'd uh, I'd make sure they were fed. If there was some sort of plague, I'd take the uncontaminated back to my uh, back to my castle, and we'd just chill. You would end up being dead, and I would not because I would. Hang all three of them. Fuck giving a choice. I rule with an iron fist out of fear. And uh, this well, is Well, they all ended up times. being dead anyway. Not true. There's six, but I mean... Six people. Spoilers alert. But I mean, Prospero himself, he's dead anyway, so... But at this point, he's living. Okay, so... Uh, screaming interferes with this decision-making process, and Prospero finds... Uh, the grandmother dying of the Red Death. Now, does any do either one of y'all know what the Red Death represents? Black Plague? Nope, Black <laughs> Plague is represented in this movie. Uh, then I have no idea. Kenneth, any idea? I was thinking about it the whole time, but I couldn't come up with it. I knew it, I knew it was something. Well, actually, it's nothing. Edgar Allan Poe fictionally created this disease. Uh, there is he nothing called... The Red Death. Though, if you do look up on IMDb in the trivia section, it calls the Red Death rabies, 
And uh, that is not just, that's just not true. I don't know who added that. I think they're trying to make a reference to Edgar Allan Poe because uh, we don't actually know what killed Edgar Allan Poe. Um, We literally have no records of his death or what caused it. What little we do know comes from his attending physician, Dr. John Morin. And uh, his credibility is noted as having a lot of issues, but... There is a theory that uh, uh, that Poe did die from rabies. It is one of the more popular opinions. Also, a lot of people think uh, Poe died in the street drunk, and that is not true. He actually, by that time in his life, didn't drink because he had violent reactions to drinking uh, where he could barely swallow any alcohol. So, fun fact... How long, because I don't know this, and I'm asking if you do, how long over his life was he working on his writings and things like that? Was it his whole life or a certain section? Uh, Pretty much his whole life. Uh, while he never really rose to prominence at any point in his life, he did steadily work uh, writing uh, pretty much up until his death at 40. Um so, I mean, he wrote pretty much his, his whole life. Because you got to also keep in mind, they started younger back then. So, you know, adulthood back then, you know, was like 15, 16. Right. So, but yeah, pretty much his whole life. As far as I know. I'm no Edgar Allan Poe expert, but maybe Jay either. is. Jay, answer this question with uh, your knowledge. Um, I am not an expert on his life at all. Okay. I like his. I love his writing. I just don't. I don't, I don't know anything about the man. Uh, I think he married his cousin at one point, right? That kind of turns me on. So there's that. Yeah, I'm about it. I like incest in Baltimore. It is going to be the name of my new stage play. <laughs> incest in Baltimore. Yeah. Oh. So uh, we uh, then get orders to burn the village because winter is coming. I meant the Red Plague is coming. <laughs> uh, the baby almost dies again, and we get a great shot of a cross burning. Uh, then we go and get to see Francesca thrown in a bath. You gotta wash those filthy peasants. They don't have baths very often. That's true. Uh, then we get to talk about the cross she wears around her neck, and he asks if she's a true believer, and he tells her to not wear it in the castle. Juliana is ordered to dress Francesca, and she's clearly not happy about this. Juliana's hot. Uh, yeah, all the yes. women in this movie are pretty attractive. Yes, that I is actually looked true. up Hazel Court's topless on fucking Google just a minute ago. You looked up who? Hazel Court. Hazel Court plays Juliana. Yes. Mm-hmm. I looked she her up topless. Did. That, uh, did you know that you can see the woman who played the bride in The Bride of Frankenstein topless? Only with the hair is the only way I want to see it. You do not <laughs> get the hair, sorry. Not happening. Um, so we go downstairs where Alfredo is talking about terror and Prospero interjects about him not knowing shit about terror and then we get the awesome shot of the giant axe clock. Is that a reference to the pit and the pendulum? No, it's just a badass-looking clock. I mean, it could be a reference, because um, Roger Corman had made the pin to the pendulum already. I believe that was his second Poe film after the fall of the House of Usher. 
He actually intended to do Mask of the Red Death after Fall of the House of Usher, but uh, Ingmar Birdman's The Seventh Seal had come out, and they had similarities, and even though this is based on a story that was written long before The Seventh Seal, he was worried people would think he was copying uh, the great director Bergman. So Sounds he about right. put it off for like another 10 years. Which is <laughs> pretty good. Then we go and meet the dancer Esmeralda and the jester Hop Toad. Both uh, small people. Esmeralda is actually played by a child and overdubbed. But Hop Toad is a legit little person. So I shouldn't be attracted to Esmeralda. No, that is very bad. That is uh, <laughs> ugh, not good. Uh, maybe I should bow out of the rest of this review because the rest of my critiques are all based around that. Okay, you get <laughs> turned on like Alfredo does when she gets slapped for smacking over the cup. Uh, fuck yeah, he does. Uh, now, my question is, is in this movie, Esmeralda is a little person and not a child. So, is Alfredo a pedophile because he likes her because she looks like a child? Or is it just morbid curiosity wanting to have sex with a little person? Or is it, or is it the corruption of innocence that is talked about by Prospero? I'd say a mix of the uh, the corruption of innocence and the curious about a little person because you can't. She is a child in real life, but that doesn't matter. She's playing a role, and the role is an adult who is small. So they never once show any evidence that he's attacked attracted to children. But I might slightly agree with Kenneth also because there is with um alfredo saying oh she looks so innocent and um we get prospero talking about uh him being addicted to corruption and alfredo's like well you're addicted to corruption too and he goes no 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 i do not corrupt i teach so there may be something there but on the Sabbath at midnight, there will be a masquerade, but you are not to wear red. Not that many people listen to this comment. No, they don't. I was going to point that out. I was like, you know, like 12 people are wearing red. Yep. Uh, so Prospero then throws a cup of wine in Alfred's face, much to my pleasure. And as Alfredo ejects, Prospero tells them that there is red death at the village, so he should shut the fuck up. Prospero. <laughs> uh, Francesca shows up, and uh, this is an actor you know here. He tells one person to act like a pig, and he does. Another a worm. Everyone laughs. The lady is told to be a jackass. A man is told to ride the jackass to market. Everyone else is told to use their imagination to become animals. And then we have a quote that I want to go through. Prospero. Somewhere in the human mind, my dear Francesca, lies the key to our existence. My ancestors tried to find it and to open the door that separates us from our creator. Francesca, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to get my best Francesca voice here. But you need no doors to find God if you believe, Prospero. Believe? You believe, my dear Francesca, that you are gullible. Can you look around this world and believe in the goodness of a God who rules it? Famine, pestilence, war, disease, death—they rule this world, Francesca. There is also love and life and hope. Prospero, very little hope, I assure you. No, if a god of love and life ever did exist, he is long since dead. Someone, something, rules in his place. Then we get our entrance into the rooms. We go into a yellow room. 
Prospero tells Francesca that his father locked a man in this room for three years. Then they go to a purple room and a white room. Uh, I guess I should call that purple room violent room to match up with the deaths later on, but whatever. Uh, but Prospero won't let her into the next room, the one with the black doors. Juliana talks to Prospero about the girl. Francesca has perfect faith, but so does Juliana in Prospero. Juliana is a ride-or-die chick. Like, she right now is willing to have a threesome with Prospero and Francesca, even though she clearly does not like Francesca and feels like this younger woman is moving into her territory. It's crazy, isn't it? It but is. Hey. But hey, you gotta do what you gotta do sometimes, you know? Listen, when you love Satan, all things are possible. That is true. I preach that every day. Uh, we go to Francesca sleeping in a bed and a shadow passes over her. A sound wakes her up. She investigates rooms but finds nothing. As she turns back to the bed, she finds blood where the cross used to be. And she hears Prospero chanting. She leaves the room and she opens the door to the yellow room, the purple room, the white room. She opens the black door and sees a red light shine onto Juliana in a chair. Prospero lies in a black hooded cape in a coffin. She runs back to her room and runs into Alfredo, who is wearing a mask. And is very fucking creepy. It's kind of mm -hmm. weird. Vincent Price is less creepy in this movie than Alfredo is. Alfredo is a weird, yeah. Yeah, Alfredo's a weirdo. That's for sure. Yeah. So the next day, Prospero shows Francesca, his trained falcon, and informs her that the cross did not offend. It just seemed discourteous to wear the symbol of a god long died. And here, Prospero informs her... He is a Satanist. And at this moment, Scarlatti shows up, but Prospero denies him because of the Red Death. Scarlatti offers his wife, but Prospero says, I already fucked her. <laughs> that gotcha, man. Bitch. Yeah, it's pretty funny. He, Scarlatti begs for his life. Uh, you know, he's like, we're friends. But uh, Prospero shoots him in his neck and then throws a sword down to his wife, which is a clever transfer into a sword hitting the ground in the dungeons. I love that. That was pretty genius. That is a great crossover, but I want to go back to Scarlatti. Uh, man, how much of a fucking pimp is Prospero to be like, I don't want your wife. I've already fucked her. Mm -hmm. Like, God damn, dude. You, you were fucking cold. And I'm actually not 100% sure as to what Scarlatti did wrong or what rule he broke. He showed up late and by that, by, by him showing up late, he, uh, he, he, he was more likely to expose himself to the red death already. I feel like they should have clearly noted pretty, that he was, was late. Clear to me. It was pretty well, clear to did. me. The party yeah, had already started. Yeah. The party had already started, happened, everything else like that with everybody else there. And then he shows up. Well, my problem with that is we really don't get much time frame between Francesca showing up in this day in the movie it feels like only one night has actually happened between uh Prospero showing up telling uh them to send out notifications for everyone to get here as soon as possible and then we have one scene of her going to sleep and it's the next day and Prospero's like nope you're too late and it's been like a day and travel back then takes a long time yeah, that's, that's why I, I feel like it doesn't do a good job of showing that he is late. I do know that he is late. I can't interpret that from the actions. 
but I don't feel the movie does a good job of showing that. Do do do. So uh, we have Gino and Levico uh, getting swords, and they're trying to train them to fight. Gino fights a guard. He refuses to fight, but he still beats his ass. Uh, then we go into more talking between, blah, 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 between Francesca and Prospera. Does Satan demand torture for worship? An ancestor, a Christian monk, tortured 600 men in the Inquisition, he replied. Satan is not a god of hate, but a god of reality. We then go to Juliana, who is in the black room, asking Satan to bind herself to him. She brands herself with an upside-down cross on her chest, and I immediately have an erection as she asks for a demon. <laughs> I'm a big fan of this. It's very <laughs> sexy. It is. Um, Alfredo runs into Hoptoad, who says he feels nothing for Esmeralda and likes a full-size woman and wants to leave Prospero. Hoptoad tells Alfredo to dress as a great ape. It will cause a great sensation, and there is more fun for the game. I knew some shit was fucked up. Yeah, fun the fact, the Hoptoad uh, storyline in this is actually from a different uh, short story by Edgar Allan Poe about Hoptoad doing this exact same shit, but it is not in The Mask of the Red Death. It was added uh, to the script after the original script felt a little light, and he had someone come in and add a little bit to make it a fuller movie. That makes cool. sense. Yeah. That's cool, though. Some little uh, postception there going on. Yeah. Uh, Francesca's in bed and hears someone messing with her door. Juliana enters the room, and, Fra- and Francesca is super happy to see her. So Francesca is a really bad at reading the room because she cannot tell that Juliana <laughs> does not like her bitch ass. Uh, nope. She's like, bitch, if you don't calm the fuck down. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny. Uh, Francesca sees the Satan mark on her and thinks Prospero did it, but Juliana tells her, Bitch, I did this to myself to mark myself as Satan's handmaid. Um, Juliana, surprisingly, uh, would go on to write The Handmaiden's Tale. (laughs) That is not true. Um, And she has one more ritual to do before she becomes Satan's wife. Then she will have immortality and Prospero. Uh, this is very the immortality part here is very key because a running theme in this movie is uh, being able to outlive death. Juliana gives Francesca a key to save her, her father, and her lover, and has bribed a guard. Francesca takes this as her being nice, but Juliana is just trying to get the side piece out of here. <laughs> Francesca makes her way to the dungeon. She gets them out, but unfortunately, she runs into the guard. Uh, they beat the guards, but then they run into Prospero, dressed as a guard. Juliana betrayed Prospero. Gotcha, bitch. Uh, at the feast Dude, before the that coming. Yeah, for real. <laughs> uh, at the feast before the masquerade, one of them must pay for their sins of murder of the three guards. So there are five daggers. One is poisoned. They will take turn cutting their forearm. Ludovico goes first, yet he is safe. Gino goes second, but he also is safe. Ludi, God, I hate this fucking dude's name. I wish he would have died so I wouldn't have to say his name again. Ludovico goes third, but once again, safety rewards him. Gino goes fourth, and after 30 seconds is also safe, which means the fifth dagger that Ludovico must grab will kill him. 
But Prospero is smarter than this, and he knows as Levitico grabs the dagger and tries to stab him, Levitico uh, ends up running into Prospero's sword because Prospero already had that sword out. So, because of that, Gino is going to die. But Gino calls him a madman. And Prospero replies with, Yet I will live. This dude is the combat king. Anything you say to him, he has a response. He would murder in medieval roast battles. Battle rap? <laughs> well, not necessarily battle rap. Maybe battle raps, but he would definitely win in roast jokes. His uh, Yo yeah, Mama yeah. jokes are fire. Anyway, uh, he doesn't kill Gino. He actually releases him to the wild and the Red Death so that Gino cannot become a martyr. And Francesca begs to go with Gino, but is obviously turned down. Francesca asks to bring Gino back, and she will do whatever he wants. But Prospero denies this also. With this, Giano, Giallo, Giuliana, fuck, (laughs) says that she is ready. As Gino leaves, he hears women screaming and Prospero laughing from the castle. I really like this shot, by the way. Um... As he runs through the wood, he hears more noises. He falls by the tree, and a man in red is there. He asks, who is Gino's god? And Gino says, the true one, which does not answer the question, because uh, technically any god is the true god, depending on your belief, because you can't prove any of it, Gino. Fucking peasant. True. Um, he asks if he has sinned, and he says, I have sinned. So the man in red asks for yourself, no. But I'm afraid, once again, he asks, for yourself? No, Francesca, but I am afraid of me, of the village, for Prospero. And he is given a sign of mankind. Alfredo and Hoptoad are getting ready for their wacky antics. And (laughs) Alfredo asks, will this get hot? And and Hoptoad's like, oh, it's a little warm, but you'll be able to take it off after we do the the joke. It's okay. So (laughs) uh, they become an ape and go down there, and they're from Africa. Uh, what was left of the villagers ends up heading to beg forgiveness from Prospero. And then Juliana, uh, well, they're all denied. They're basically like, bitch, go away. You have the Red Death. And then they're like, no. And they're like, okay. Prospero gives the commands to kill all of them except the child. Um, Juliana is back in the black room chanting at the altar. She drinks from a cup and we have a drug-like vision. Uh, she lays on an altar in a room with green and blue Foggy Hughes, a dancer man like Moses, an Egyptian who looks kind of Asian, an African warrior. They all seem to stab her. She is dressed in red, sitting in the black chair, and hears Prospero laugh. Fun fact about this scene, it was actually cut from the UK version. Oh. For her having sex with Satan, even though you don't see that, uh, but she acted it so well on her face that they claimed that there was nudity in this scene, even though there is no nudity. If you look close enough, you can see her. Ah, but that would only, would not actually count as nudity in the British censors. But But they claimed it was... was, I was really looking. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. Um, So then we we go into another quote I want to hit. Juliana, my master, Satan. Prospero laughs from another rune. Juliana, Prospero, Prospero, I am betrothed of the devil, and I have seen the terrors. Prospero replies, not all of them. 
Juliana, I have survived my own sacrifice. Prospero, there is more. Juliana, and I am stronger in the devil's favor than you are. Together on earth, we shall live as man and wife, and when he calls us, you shall be saved, and I still your wife. I have tasted the beauties of terror. Prospero, hush. Listen, the passing of time, the beating of a heart, the footsteps of an assassin, destiny. And Juliana is killed by Prospero's hawk. So, you know, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Woo! Shit happens. Yep, she really was in that favor. Aha, uh-huh. once again, we go on our fact that no one can save you from death. Not even having sex with Satan. I bet it was fun, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Prospero says, I beg you not to mourn Juliana. She has just married a friend of mine. Uh, this is actually where the villagers uh, show up and are, are killed for having the Red Death. Um, I kind of fucked that one up. But whatever. They, people won't know if I edit this out. But I won't edit this out. So they all know I fucked up. Um... Prospero returns and throws out gifts for his guests. Rubies, pearls, diamonds. Uh, and he reminds everyone not to wear red. Or no, he does not remind people to wear red. But then we see people coming in and people are fucking wearing red. That dude's got a red cape. That dude's got a red hat. That guy's got red sleeves. That dude, I'm pretty sure, is wearing a red scarf. None of this makes sense. I mean, literally, look yep. at the dude with the wolf mask. He's wearing a darker shade of red. But bitch, is still red. Maybe everybody was colorblind. That could be true. I recently found out my dad is colorblind. So he it's sucks inter- it's it's interesting. Doctor Mario. Hear, it's interesting when you hear when you actually start talking to people that are colorblind. It's interesting. I don't feel like it makes my dad any more interesting, except that now I know what game I can beat him at. So that <laughs> makes me excited. I'm going well, to fucking murk him in Doctor Mario. Well, uh talking to somebody that's colorblind is interesting because when you're when you're out somewhere or something like that and you're like you know uh, uh check out this red or check out the, this red object or whatever it is whatever the fuck you're talking about they don't know what you're talking about my because, dad like, says they, he just says oh yeah and yeah, yeah, doesn't bring right. it up right but the thing about it is is it's like they look at you like they're crazy or i've had the exact opposite instance happen where they'll sit there and they'll say Oh, uh, you know, you'll, you'll, they'll be wanting to show you something and they'll be like, Oh, check out this gray sweatshirt. And the sweatshirt's not gray to you. It's hmm. not gray to you. It's red or, or brown or anything else like that. But to them, it's gray. So when they tell you that you're looking for something that's gray and it's not, it's, yeah, it, like, it's, what? it's, it's interesting, man. It, it really is like, like, and, and you, and it's like, you have to take that into consideration when you're, when you, when you're around this person, because they, you know, they they do things like that on a regular basis. And, 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 and once you, once you spend enough time around them, you'll start realizing the, the, you'll start realizing it. And, and the same thing where it's just like, Oh, check that out. It looks cool as shit. Like uh, a friend of mine did not know that, uh, um, Freddie's sweater was red and green. Damn it. I was literally about to make a joke that I was going to give my dad a Freddy Krueger sweater and tell him it was a Freddy Krueger sweater, but the colors would be wrong. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was crazy because like, you know, um, I told her that, you know, the, I, I had made a comment about it being red and green or something like that. And, you know, she, uh, she's in her twenties 
And she was just like, oh, my God, Freddie's sweater is red and green. And it hit me. I was like, holy shit, you've been watching Freddy Krueger your whole life and didn't know? Well, at least now she knows it's a bad movie. <laughs> oh. It was just, it's interesting to me, dude. It's just, it just <laughs> Um, If it makes you feel any better, Jay, I, I recorded uh, 22 shots uh, of Moods and Horror Friday night. And it was brought up that I don't like Freddy Krueger. And that's like mood, like one of Moods' favorite franchise. So he kind of went in on me as I tried to explain why I don't like it. It was very funny. So, uh, Hopto tells Elsmerelda not to show up at the masquerade. Um, and that he has a plan. They will escape to the castle. They will escape the castle. Hopto and Alfredo show up to the party. Hopto ties the monkey up to the chandelier. And then he covers him in brandy and lights him on fucking fire. I thought that was great. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. It's a great scene. This. Uh, I'm a big fan. Uh, then Prospero sees someone wearing all red and says he forbade it. Um, and once again, you can see a bunch of people wearing red in the background. So the red, the man in red goes through the color rooms and stops in the black room. Prospero demands that Francesca get on her knees in front of the Prince of Darkness. And he has to see the face, but he is told there is no face of death until the face of your own death. Uh, there are many messengers, and I am just one. They leave the room in the center main hall where a new dance begins. A dance of death as everyone's skin turns red. Prospero claims that he brought all these corrupted souls for Satan. He promised them sa safety, but that was a promise too far. So he replies that it was a jest for Satan. And then he asks for him to be given Francesca. But Red sends Francesca to the battlements because it's very odd that Prospero would ask for a charity when he does not have charity. So Red reveals that he is death and he has no master and that Satan does not rule alone. Each man makes his own god, heaven and hell. And all of Prospero's guests surround him as he tries to escape. Because when the Red Death reveals its face, it is his own face. So as they fall down, Prospero heads to the black room only to find Red and the doors locked behind him. Why should you be afraid to die when your soul has been dead a long time? The Red Death tells him. Then Red... Red uh, waves his hand, and of course, we get to see Prospero covered in red blood. Red appears back by a tree with the little girl who was spared from earlier. The Black Death arrives. A hundred thousand have died this past night with him. The Yellow Death arrives. Ten thousand have died with his passing. White shows up. Um, Violet shows up. And Blue shows up. Golden, which, well, that's yellow. Uh, all the deaths show up and Red says I called many peasant and prince and six are left our six survivors are Francesca and Gino Hot Toad and Esmeralda the one girl child and an old man left in the village um, good for them they win the death lottery yeah uh, so at the end of the movie we, we obviously meet all the other deaths um, each one supposedly representing uh, a middle aged disease Black, obviously representing the Black Death. Uh, yellow is, uh, well, the, I'm sorry, there is Golden Death and Yellow Death. So there's two different colors there. Golden Death is leprosy. Uh, violent Death is por Porphyria. 
Blue Death is Cholera. Uh, Yellow Death is Yellow Fever. White Death is Tuberculosis. And like I said, Red Death is actually a fictional one created, but a lot of people like to claim uh, it is rabies. Which I explain is them trying to reference fucking the fact that a lot of people believe Poe died from rabies. Um, so, with that being the movie, we're now going to go into uh, everyone's thoughts and what they think this movie means and all that fun stuff. Uh, Kenneth, let's start with you. What did you think about The Mask of the Red Death, my favorite second Vincent Price movie? I actually really enjoyed it. Um, I could definitely tell that there was a lot of parallels. Trying to put my finger on some of them was difficult, but but I could definitely tell there was a lot of parallels of of social commentary. Like for instance, you know, um, when the prince comes in there and he starts telling them all to act like animals, you know, um, the parallels with how how we act, you know, uh, as humans, um, in that particular instance, um, is in the face of trying to save our own asses, so to speak, because you could, because you could definitely tell that, you know, some of these people were comfortable with it and some of them weren't. And then if you want to go even further into it, the, how, how, how the, it's the way that the camera panned around and everybody laughing as they were, as these other people were being told to do this stuff, like the one guy acting like the worm and the one guy acting like the, the pig and so on and so forth. It, it, the, the, the panning of the camera while everybody was laughing at this, I, it's hard for me to express in the words what I felt. Are you willing to be livestock for someone else's control and amusement simply to live safe and comfortable how much of your own freedom are you willing to give up to live safe and comfortable i mean yeah that was part of it you know what i'm saying but it wasn't just that it was the 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 willingness of people to i guess degrade themselves not just to degrade themselves but to find such amusement in other people being degraded you know, because these other people were genuinely amused by watching these other people degrade themselves, and 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 hell, you even take the uh, the the blonde lady that that he said act like a donkey. She thought it was funny up until the point. Uh, I mean, completely throughout the whole thing, she thought it was hilarious watching the dude act like a pig. She thought it was hilarious the rest of it, and then she even thought it was hilarious when she was supposed to be start braying like a donkey. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking at, and I'm watching this and I'm like, my God. You know, the the lack of conviction of these people for their own principles is astounding. Well, to like, be fair, I, we don't really know what their principles are. True, but, I like, mean, it's... They all it's, seem to be enjoying it. Well, like I said, they throw away... I feel like they throw away any sense of principles or morality or responsibility or anything, anything like that. And they become just livestock and pets for Prospero for the fact that they doing this will have safety and comfort. Yeah. Right. But I mean, like I said, I don't know. It, it, it just, for me, it, it's, it's difficult for me to put it into words, but it went deeper than that for me. Okay. So, it, the way it, I look at it in all reality, that's what we all do every day. Anyway, we all 
sell our bodies for for safety and comfort and perform to other people's tasks that they want to make sure that we can live and survive. Some of them are better than others, but I mean, like, is there really a difference between these these rich people hanging out in a castle eating really well and pretending to be animals for some asshole's uh, enjoyment, and there is somebody who like has to clean out porta potties for a living? True. I mean, like I said, I mean, it it, it really did. It hit me up, uh, hit me on a deep level. Like I've made a comment to Jerry before about how about about the fact that I whore myself out every day for seventeen dollars an hour for six to eight hours a day. Because that's basically what I'm doing. I'm selling my body. Yep. Yeah, and I also want to point out that I think Gino is a good representation of while these people who live comfortably are at Prospero's whim at any given notice, they at least have comfort and food as to where the people supplying all of this, the villagers, live in patchwork shabby huts and worry about food and cold and all of that they're more free to do what they want but they don't they don't have the comfort that the other ones do they're free to choose their own religion i mean they still have their own social constructs but they're more free to worship their own religion choose who they want to marry um be an actual community as to where inside the castle you're giving up all that because you have to follow under Prospero and his worship of Satan. Well, I mean, you can you can take that further and you can look at it as an interesting parallel between, you know, the the quote unquote elitist versus and, and I put that in quotes because I don't really I don't really, you know, follow that faction, but I put it that way because a lot of people see it that way. But if you want to look at it, you look at the the parallels between the the uh, the which collar is it? Which collar is the rich people? I can't remember because I think blue collar is the working white class. White collar. Yeah, yeah, the white collar. You look at the difference between the white collar and the blue collar. You know what I'm saying? And you can look at the parallels that are in there for even at that with what you were just saying. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I mean, there there's a there's a lot of parallels for that where they say, you know, um, you look at the fact that the majority of the people out there that look down upon other people, well, without the people that you're looking down upon, you don't have these things that you feel that you need to 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 make yourself seem like you're larger than life to everyone else. You know, without the guy out there that's making shit pay for and working ten to twelve dollars an hour, you're not gonna have your Maserati or your Ferrari or 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 the the food that you eat or the or the liquor you drink or so on and so forth. There's a lot of I think parallels in that. Yeah. And then we also have the black and white collar, which is the predator. <laughs> they rape children for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um Jay. Oh, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> uh, so Jay what about you what, what's your thoughts on this movie it being your first time watch uh, so it was good I, to compare it to the last one we watched I really I liked House of Wax a lot better um, it was good though uh, I was so I'll be honest I'm super fucking tired because uh, we had to record this morning I was going to watch it today and then would be recorded at night be good to go I uh, so I watched it last night <laughs> so that I could be prepared to watch it 
Uh, and yesterday was a long day of work, so I wasn't uh, as fully awake as I could be to to analyze the different things. And I think I might enjoy it more than I did on a second watch when I'm a little bit more into it. Um, but overall, it's good. I thought the coloring, the like the color scheme of the movie was really good. Um, the really dark drab colors in the village, the bright colors of the rooms, and and even in the castle when it's like just stone walls, the colors of the costumes and stuff really worked out really well like the the pure white bathtub in the uh in the bedroom kind of stood out was really nice um the acting was phenomenal from really everybody i don't think anybody really did a bad job at all um and then some of the camera work like like the sword transition and the stuff that we've already mentioned was really good too yeah, it really teaches you that Roger Corman does know how to actually make a film. Well, I never thought he was a bad director. I'm just used to, you know, like Death Race-style stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you gotta watch his post stuff. His post stuff is fucking awesome. Yeah, um, so, for me, the biggest takeaway I have from this movie is that nothing can save you from the inevitable end that is death. Um, no God, no Satan, um, rich, poor, none of that matters because death has no master. Death doesn't answer to God. Death doesn't answer to Satan. He comes for you regardless of you believing in Jesus or Allah or flying spaghetti monster. It doesn't fucking matter. Death comes for you. And in this movie, both Good people and evil people are killed exactly the same. You will all die to death. You cannot stop it. There's no amount of prayer. There's no pact you can make. Nothing. You will all die from death. Regardless of how you act or treat other people. Um, Yes. Which is the main point of the story as well. Yes, it's showcased through Juliana's death, Scarlatti's death, uh, Prospero's death. Um, it's shown through uh, the villagers' death. It it's shown with the quote uh, towards the end of the movie by uh, the Red Death when he said he took uh, Prince and poor alike. Um, and that's one of the reasons I really biggest movie that not only it does it have a satanist and has been surprised playing a satanist which is just makes me feel ooey gooey um mm-hmm. i just love the message that it, it really does like it does not matter good or bad like you can die um because you got to think hop toad is not technically a good person he burned someone alive because they slapped someone like well they also allude to there being other you know well yeah that that person was a bad person but to hop toad the only thing he had ever done was slap his girlfriend yeah that's true and not even like hard enough to draw blood like it was like her cheeks got a little red (laughs) yeah a little red and puffy that's it like you know so like prospero is evil so he dies you have of course francesca who is good and uh gino who is good and they live but her father who is also good he dies um and then when it comes to the two other people that 
that are left alive. You have a young girl who is spared by Prospero. And you can take that either as Prospero being kind, not wanting to kill a child. Maybe he does have his limits. Or you could take it as another form of his pure evil because there's no one to take care of that girl. And she will most likely die anyway. It'll just be a lot slower. And then you have a random fucking old man. So, you know, I like to think that's, uh, I don't know, grandmother from earlier in the movie. That's her husband or something. <laughs> they don't really go on that. But the wide amount of, of death versus people who live um, in this movie is, is just very, very interesting to me. And I feel like showcased very well uh, the quality there is in death. So, nobody yeah. can get away from it. What was that? I said nobody can get away from it. It's inevitable. Yes, exactly. You 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 can't. There this is what's fucking going on. Um so you said uh Jay that you actually prefer House of Wax over this one is it because House of Wax is more of a uh more of a murder mystery type of movie. It's a bit yeah, more updated. Yeah, I think the updated. story in House of Wax just flows a little bit better. Um, also, I couldn't help but compare this to Caligula. Like, it felt like Caligula light almost. Like, I was like, oh, man, if everyone's just naked and he was raping somebody, this is just, like, one step away from being Caligula. I understand that they're 100% different, have 100% different uh, reasons for being made, but uh, that that was a thought that kept Christ crossing my mind. I mean, I guess you have the connection of a ruler who, who treats his subjects, rich or poor, like shit equally. With Caligula and, but like Prospero. I said, I was also I was also tired. I think I'll still end up liking House of Wax better because that's more of a straight, uh, like it feels like a classic horror movie, you know. Whereas opposed, this one is is more of a, you know, a thinker. There's there's a lot of uh, parallels to be drawn while watching the movie, and I think I just need to be in a different headspace than an exhausted person. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, probably true. So processing you've now... the whole thing. But again, scene. this doesn't mean either of them. I'm not calling it bad by any means. It's still a great movie. I just uh, just comparing it to the last one that I watched. Hey, um, I I like House of Wax better. Also, House of Wax is my number one price movie. Um, Mask of Red Death is my second. Um, and you've now seen three price movies of his like classic run with correct. these two and uh, House on Haunted Hill, right? Correct. Do you like House on Haunted Hill more than Mask of the Red Death? No, I'd say Mask is... I'd, for Out of the three I've seen, it would be House of Wax, Mask, and then uh, House on Haunted Hill. Gotcha. Uh, Kenneth, um, you've seen House of Wax, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think? Do you like House of Wax or Mask of the Red Death better? I actually like Mask of the Red Death better because I like the... Uh, I like the thought-provoking aspects of Mask of the Red Death. Okay, fair enough. Uh, do you have a favorite Price film? Um, I don't know off the top of my head right now. Fair enough. Uh, I know I have a I have a top five uh, that I feel is a very wide spectrum, showcasing his, his work. That doesn't count. <laughs> No, he it doesn't, because he's not—he's not a main character in that movie. It's not a price film. No, no, it's not. It's a Johnny Depp movie and a Tim Burton movie. 
Yeah, so I, I've never counted that. He he's a cameo in that movie. Um, well, Jay, uh, the next two movies you should watch by Price is uh, Witchfinder General, uh, aka The Conqueror's Worm. Uh, it is also more of a, a period piece, but it has Price playing a witchfinder and it has him torturing people. So it's very good. After that, you should see Theater of Blood, which which shows Price as a um, actor who how do you describe this movie? It's he's an actor who is no longer in favor with the critics. And he goes a little crazy, and he strikes revenge on the critics in a very theater way. Is he always the bad guy? Uh, in a lot of his movies, yeah. He's, he, he enjoyed playing the evil villain. He loved getting into those roles. Um, but he has been in movies where he's not. Um, in The Fly, in Return of the Fly, he's not an evil character. Oh, yeah. Oh, I've seen the original Fly. Oh, yeah, he's in The Fly. He, uh, that's not a price movie. Return no, of the Fly is a price a man- movie. Yeah, the first one's, but he's not a main character in the first uh, one. Oh, okay, never mind then. I was like, I didn't think, that. I don't remember yeah. that being him, but uh, I guess it's because it's not him. <laughs> yeah. Also, you should check out uh, The Abominable Dr. Fives, uh, because that's very much like a Saul kind of movie. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, now, unfortunately for anyone who wants to own Mask of the Red Death on Blu-ray, I have bad news for you. Jerry, but all the copies. (laughs) No, uh, if you want the Scream Factory Vincent Price Collection Volume 1, prepare to spend around $250. Jesus. It is out of print, and the most recent sales on eBay go between $230 to $250. Um, now if there is one you can get that is 30 bucks and it's called the Prince Vincent Price Collection put out by Cinema Cult that has the Abominable Dr. Fives, Dr. Five Rises Again, uh, Witchfinder General, Tomb of Ligaya, The Haunted Palace, House of Usher, <laughs> House on Haunted Hill, Mask of the Red Death, and The Last Man on Earth. That's nine fucking movies. Uh, and you can get that, um... For, oh, fuck. I didn't think about translating that. It's $60 in Australia. But I don't know how much it would cost. Let me see if I can find out how much it would cost to import. Um, but uh, from what I've uh, read, it $41 is... $41.15 United States. Okay, so 40 to 50 bucks, you can get that. It is re- it is uh, region free. So you can get that and check that out. It uh, only really covers one of the Poe movies. Uh, that being but still, that sound, that's like two. almost all of them that you suggested that I watch right there. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it's got it's it's got Mask of the Red Death, it's got Witchfinder General, it's got Doctor Two, uh, Doctor Fives, um, and I do like some of the other ones that are on there. I like Last Man on Earth. That is a um, I Am Legend story. I've got, got Doctor Fives on uh, VHS. Ooh, nice. Mm-hmm. I love Doctor Fives. I think Doctor Fives is. A lot of fucking fun. Uh, it's basically a, a uh, was it a guy uh, takes revenge on doctors who did surgery on his wife and could not save her. Mm-hmm. I want to say, mm-hmm. uh, but it's it's very 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 good. So I highly recommend that. Um, does anyone have any last things they want to say about 
The Mask of the Red Death. Watch it. It was good. Yeah, it was good. I'm uh, I'm excited to get through some more Vincent Price movies. Yeah, I'm sure Vincent Price will pop up here uh, in the future as I am a huge Price film. Uh, this being November, if we can put out another episode in November, I would like to cover an Italian horror film uh, because it's November and it's Italian horror month. Well, whose um, choice is it? Uh, I think Kenneth. Kenneth, right? I mm-hmm. think so. Uh, but for the past uh, November, last November, we did Italian Horror Month because we also, the first episode we ever did for Kill the Cast was an Italian horror film in November. Oh, yeah, uh, it's our anniversary. It is our anniversary. Happy anniversary, everybody. <laughs> um, I What are we, four years now? It's got to be. God damn, man. It's like we it's raised a years. little baby. Uh, in this next year, we will be hitting episode 100, so that's mm-hmm. pretty fucking dope. Um, but yeah, so I don't know what our next movie will be. Uh, hopefully we will be able to get one more out in November. Um, I know what we have to now. Well, yeah, I know I have, uh, I knew underwater Kaiju from outer space scheduled and a new atomic age saucer cast scheduled for November, November. So, uh, those will come out. Not sure about Colts unknown. Those take a, a bit more planning and time and work to do. Um, but with that being said, hopefully we will get some, another Kill the Cast episode out, and hopefully it will be some Italian horror for all of you. Um, other than that, I hope you enjoyed this episode, as we kind of had a more relaxed fit episode, because, uh, we've all got a bunch of shit going on, so it's a little, been a little bit harder for us. Uh, October is always kind of hard for us to record with, and, um, I mean, with Halloween, uh, my birthday, uh, Kenneth's daughter's birthday. I usually take some kind of week, at least weekend long vacation in October. Uh, Jay also took a vacation in October. So we, we just couldn't record in October, but to be honest, there's so many good horror podcasts out there giving you great things for October that it'll be okay. If you miss us for a little bit, all three of us took a vacation in October. (laughs) Oh yeah. I forgot. You also went on vacation. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, and we all went on vacation on different weekends. I think Kenneth yeah, went we first, I went second, and then Jay went last. So, or did I go last? I think maybe I it was know. Kenneth, Jay, and then me. Jay, when was your vacation? Um, Whenever Portland Retro Game Convention happened. That doesn't tell me anything. Thank me you either. for the help. Mine was, um, on the, uh, mine was on the weekend of the 14th, so like yeah, that Monday was the 14th. Mine was on the weekend of the 27th. So I think Jay's was in between. Yeah. But I'm not sure. 18th through the 22nd or something like that. Yeah. Um, So with that being said, uh, hopefully we'll be back in November with a beautiful, beautiful Italian horror film. Uh, And if not, we'll see you in December. And of course, with December, uh, we've got to do our Christmas episode, which is a Halloween episode. So who knows what the fuck we'll do then? Um, We haven't planned it. Alf. So I don't know why I'm bringing it up. What did you say? Alf. Alf? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, do a Halloween episode for ALF. Yeah, uh, we could do a ALF episode. That would be fun. But can we pick an episode where he doesn't try to eat a cat? I'm very uncomfortable with aliens trying to uh, impregnate our women. Uh, I mean, it's really nice that he wants to eat the pussy first. That's very nice of him. Well, the Xenomorph didn't try to eat Jonesy. 
Exactly. That's why I like. I, wait. Who gives a shit about if it eats a cat? I'm talking about them impregnating our women and getting them all wet by eating their pussy. Humanoids from the deep. Humanoids from the deep, not aliens, but uh, have we ever? Close enough. <laughs> That's still just a joke, right? We still haven't actually watched that one as a as a podcast. Uh, I've that your next thing is humanoids <laughs> from the deep. Uh, then I'll watch Black Christmas by mistake instead. Oh, uh, we have a Black Creek. Cr- we have a Castle Creek. Castle what? Freak. Castle Freak. I've never actually seen Castle Freak. Um, I don't even own it actually. It's a it's a full. Oh yeah, no, I know what it is, but I've just I've never watched it. That's pretty good. I actually um, really like Castle Freak. Well, maybe we'll do Castle Freak in December because uh, I still want to try to do an Italian film for November. Yeah, let's watch more uh, movies that I don't appreciate. What do y'all think? Well, okay, we'll just put it out there. What do the people want for an Italian horror film? Do you want an Italian gore film? Do you want a giallo? Whoa, wait, there's Italian gore films? Yeah, you know, Lucio Fulci, Lucio Fulci films. Uh, we've um, done. I guess that technically is a gore film. Oh, yeah, those are gore. Dead. What? City of the Living Dead, the start. Yeah, City of the Living Dead, we've done. Um, we've done zombie. Uh, so if we do gore films, we can probably do uh, Lucio Fulci's The Beyond. Um, if we do a Giallo, there, there's so many to pick from. Um, I. Probably go with like an early. I don't. I, I might even go with like an early Mario Mario Bava film. Get get super early. Do Bay of Blood. Y'all can see the comparisons are are the homages that Friday the Thirteenth pulled uh, by stealing direct death scenes from Bay of Blood. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Audience, let us know. Do you want us to see us do a Fulci film? Do you have a film you want to recommend? Do you want to see us? Do a Jallo? Do you want us? Uh, what do you want us to see? You want to see Bird with Crystal Plumage? You want to see uh, your vice is a locked room and only I have the key? Uh, what, what what do you want? Let's fucking let's fucking talk. Cannibal and communicate. Holocaust. I will do Cannibal Holocaust any day. I would love to. That is the inspiration for this podcast, and I kind of want to tear into Jay's ass for hating it. Mm, let's yeah, you can you can tear into my ass. Technically, technically. The director of that's Italian. Oh, he is. No, that's an Italian film. It's considered Italian let's, cinema. Let's do it. Okay, next episode, Cannibal Holocaust. After All that, right. we'll probably get into Castle Freak before we move into Halloween TV shows for Christmas. So, um, I will look at locking us down a date here. I'll probably message y'all later today about a date okay. um, for us to get it done. So, with that being said, we will see you all fucking next time. Uh, I'll probably cover it in the Cannibal Holocaust episode, but you can go check out my YouTube video, Cannibals in the Courtroom, to find out what happened to the director after making Cannibal Holocaust. I know that one. Mm-hmm. You should. It's very common knowledge, yet people don't know. So I have to inform them of all things. Cannibal Holocaust. I don't know why I'm talking like this. Let's roll. Let's You've been leave. Doing it the you. whole episode. I know. I'm. I'm. I almost I'm, asked you, but like, why the fuck I'm, are you talking like that? <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not feeling right today, and uh, this is my fake making right it happen voice. What? You're doing it last like an hour and a half. 
Uh, well, uh, in case the people don't know, I'm not doing well mentally. So, this voice makes me feel better. Hey, man, whatever, whatever. I like it. Is it annoying? Is the voice annoying? I was just no, curious no, why you were doing it. Just strange? Yeah. yeah. A lot. Yeah, I thought, a lot. So what I thought you were going for was because you did it last episode too, and that was also Vincent Price. I thought what you were going for is like, you know, like an old horror movie like narrator like oh yes the dark and stormy castle you know like that's uh, the dark and stormy castle yeah like that breathe so life as lightning as struck like, uh, and i had like sexual intercourse with the bearskin rug <laughs> next to the fireplace we both like fucked up in weird ass humor so i thought you were just yeah you stuck your dick in that bear skin and it started moving uh, it did a jig it's very exciting. Uh, Been playing possum for 20 years. Yeah. Uh, so we'll end this with uh, my beloved catchphrase, honk, honk, Stuart. <laughs> and we will see you next time on Kill the Cast. Go fuck yourself. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcasts, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Metal Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick Six Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho-Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.